Welcome back to the Jan Thetford Show. I'm here with Brenda Austin, our, our next guest. And we are, what, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Day's mm -hmm. just not even, we hadn't any, you hadn't done anything today, have you? <laughs> not at all. What have you all done so far today? So today, um, actually today's been a nicer day. We got to take it easy. We went over to Expo and got our badges. And then we just got through um, having lunch with your mom. Is that like the big, where the big thing will be Saturday? Yeah. and? Where is that? Um, so it's over in the convention center, and so they divided the convention center up. There's a section where you go to be a part of it, and then there's a section where you go to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff, figure out about the cars, and look at the jewelry, and so that's where you get your vision. Oh, it's all fun. And they do that every year. Yeah, I told I told a, a lady that I was talking to. She was asking me a little bit about Mary Kay. I said it's like the biggest slumber party ever. Oh, it's crazy for about a week. <laughs> Because we had talked about this, because to, to today, tonight you'll do something, tomorrow you do something. Mm -hmm. How does it, just real quickly, how does it flow? So um, because of the group that I'm with, we actually come in a day earlier than most, and we spend the day at the pool, and that's really where a lot of our um, mentoring conversations occur mm -hmm. and just where the meat and potatoes occur. But we make it a, a more casual night, and then yesterday was the day spent with your mom, mm -hmm. and so it's our director's day where the directors come together, and we just share how, how our year went. 20 plus yeah yeah it's a good group um and then last night we went out to eat and then today has been a little bit more casual it gets it's like zero to a million it kind of builds oh yeah it's we're going to be running non-stop after tonight i tell my friends growing up because I've, I've come to a few of these a lot of mom stuff but a few of these like big ones for the ruby where is mm -hmm. we're division? ruby now um you really have to experience it once i mean anybody just walk around even being in the lobby and it's just it's, a, it's incredible. It's some of the nicest women you'll ever meet. Not everybody's perfect, but you'll get a smile. You'll get greeted. When well, they do it five times. Yeah. Oh, the company is spectacular. Like, they make they make you feel like you're the most important thing at that moment. When I get to the airport yesterday, and it's just Mary-Kate everywhere, and then I get here, and it's just... But, so, kudos to them. I mean, I, to do this every year is really impressive. But let's get a little bit on you. You live in Luther, Oklahoma. I don't even, I couldn't even point to that on a map. So I am on Historic Route 66. I'm a small town in Oklahoma. There's about 1,500 maybe in my little town. Um, but I'm outside of Oklahoma City. So I'm within 30 minutes of Oklahoma City. So I'm close enough to a big metropolitan okay. area. Um, but I'm between Edmond and Chandler on Historic Route 66. Um, I have a Stop, uh, we don't even have a stoplight. We have stop signs, a Sonic, and a Dollar General, and well, we think we're living it up. Because everybody's got a Sonic. I mean, what's yeah. the town? It's not even, that's like the first thing they put in. And we have an upscale Dollar General. Our Dollar General has groceries and fresh fruit. <laughs> really? <laughs> and a gas station. Oh. Yeah. Gas there. They have gas there. Oh, mm-hmm. So this Dallas feels a little different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you, and I'm, that, the first thing that comes to my mind is you've been in Mary Kay 12 years, mm -hmm. but you... You've been able to build a business in a small town. Mm -hmm. Just, is there, are there challenges, that, are there unique challenges that somebody like Heather may not have in Kansas City or wherever she is? Well, I, I think that there's pros and cons to it because everybody knows everybody in a small town. And even though I live in this small town, I haven't met everybody. And really? so, um, but my territory, if we're going to call it that, is not my small town. My territory is all over. I bet people know when you're driving around town, though. I'm the only pink Cadillac in Luther, Oklahoma. I bet you are. <laughs> when anytime someone gets in my car, I say, first off, you're going to be stared at. It's a good thing. Just smile and wave. Do not that. flip anybody off. They're <laughs> staring at you because you're in a pink car. And so then we'll go a little bit. Why, are, why is everybody staring at us? Because you're in a pink car. You smile and wave and you say, thank you very much. Do you have your name on the back? No. 
Chase, who's helping us with this, got cut off by a Mary Kay car yesterday pulling in here, and the, the little girl had her name on her bag, and he, I won't say her name, but he was like, do you know her? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, she cut me off, and her name was on the bag, so maybe it's good. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of running in junior high. I always had, obviously, red hair, and it was brighter back then, but we'd be way across the football field, and they'd be yelling at me because they could see my hair. That for pick it up. I'm back there with a bunch of skinny people, a little, and they're laughing because they couldn't tell who they were. But so you're very recognizable. Obviously, yes. you have branded yourself in Luther, Oklahoma. Yes, yeah, so you guys cannot go anywhere incognito because everybody knows. I mean, everybody knows everything in a small town anyway. Yeah. But they can spot me from a mile away. So. I get the feeling that's not your style, though. Anyway. No, I I um, I just love people in general, and I'm all about making relationships and about making people feel a little bit special. Okay, well, I want to get into that because that's got to be the driver of mm -hmm. what you're doing. But I, I continue on you, and I just learned this about you, but you're a survivor. Yes. Um, and that came right when you decided to move to Mary Kay. So can you just take me real quick, like, where you were 12 years ago, mm -hmm. what you were doing, how that news hit you, the kind of, has there been, have you battled it since, and then what Mary Kay did? So I, one part of the story I didn't tell you is when I, I had had a horrible ex Mary Kay experience previously. You had another, you know, you, so 40 like years, like 30, 30 years ago, 35, well, my daughter's 34, so probably 33 years ago, um, I did Mary Kay, but it wasn't a supportive group, and the person who recruited me had a goal, and when I when I hit that goal, she was done with me. And so it just really left a bad taste in my so mouth. It, was, it wasn't about people? No. It was all about her. And so um, what was happening... Is she still around? Um, I don't think so. I think I remember who she is. Um, it would have been a director in my bigger community, um, but I don't think she's still around. Let's not talk. You want yeah. to talk about it? Let's talk no. about it. Okay. Yeah. But um, so I had been an ER nurse for 20 years and got very burnt out. And so I left the nursing field completely and came home to work from home coding medical records, but it was a significant cut and pay. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to figure out how can I make a little extra money. And my ex-sister-in-law was doing a brochure party for um, a consultant by the name of Heidi Plank. And We know her. Yes, Heidi's awesome. She's become one of my bestest friends. And um, I didn't want Heidi Plank coming to my house because um, I believed, <laughs> this is really, really bad, but I thought Mary Kay people were like vampires. If you let them in the door, they would never, ever leave. So I wouldn't take her phone call. I wouldn't have a communication with what her. Vampires leave? Um, apparently. Um, so growing up when I was little, like the, the thing was you don't let vampires in. So if you watch the old vampires movies, the black and white ones, you don't let the vampires in. Because if they come in, they won't ever, like the, you, they have free run of your house. I'm going to take your word for that. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to watch that's what, the, that's what the movies say. The black and white vampire movies. <laughs> okay, see, I got you off track. Okay. So, um, so, and Denise was one of those people that I, you know, I wanted to support her, but I really wasn't interested. So I literally come home and I pulled up the, the lookbook and I asked my husband, what shade of foundation do you think I am? No, 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 ever ask your husband what shade of foundation you think you are. So he picks a color and I buy it and the color arrives and it's about two sh 10 shades too dark. Do you, are you a foundation person at that time? No. Now, if I did wear it, it would be super thick because I had horrible acne because I didn't wash my face, I didn't have a skincare regimen, and I didn't wear makeup. So I used really, really thick foundation to hide. Yeah, mask. 
Yes. And so... Literally putting on your face. Yes. Literally. I was hiding behind everything. And um, Denise calls me and says, what would you think about the foundation? I laughed and said, it's terrific. Please do not tell your Mary Kay lady. I do not want her bothering me. And Heidi was just like, um, well, I'm going to make this right. So because I wouldn't take Heidi's phone call, she mailed me a ton of samples. And she wrote me this beautiful note. And she just said, I really want to make sure you're taken care of. So just and I was so moved by that because that had not been my experience previously I'm not and we talked to Heidi Heidi, Heidi will probably it'll probably run before this one because we filmed it earlier but it's just there's something about that we're not getting into that because you're saying it but those of y'all that are directors that have sat here you do things that are different mm -hmm. like you go the extra mile because mm -hmm. you're not here if she doesn't mail you that deal that day mm -hmm. and if I go to her shoes she's probably like well let's see Mm -hmm. but and so she cool. wasn't even working her business to that degree, but she had enough character and she has such an amazing heart that she truly wanted my, she wanted me to leave with a better taste in my mouth than what had happened previously. Right. And so I told my husband, I said, that's it. I'm going to do this Mary Kay thing because I had, I did all the research on my own. I understood the marketing plan. I was like, why would I represent any other company in terms of money? Because I can sell $1,000 for company A and the most I'm going to make is $350. But I sell $1,000 with Mary Kay and I'm going to make $500. Mm -hmm. Why would I? No, I'm not going to do that. So the conversation I had with my husband and he was like, um, you don't use the stuff. How are you going to sell it? I said, well, I'm obviously going to start using it. Well, you don't wear makeup. Well, because no one's taught me. You were like that waiter that was like, hey, is that chicken cacciatore? And you go, like, I ain't had it. You're like, mm -hmm. well, Try it. And, but what sold him on it was the 90% buyback. And he was a little bit impressed with Heidi. And so he, he was like, yep, let's do this. And so I called my ex-sister-in-law up. I said, I need that, that chick's name and number because I'm going to join Mary Kay. And she went, oh, I'll sign up under Heidi and you sign up under me. Yeah. I said, as long as I can be affiliated with Heidi, that's what I want to do. And um, that was in March. In June, July, I came to my very first seminar and met your mom. And I She's left, oh, uh, she, um, I was in awe of her. I didn't know who she was. I mean, yeah. I knew of her. When I came, she, you know, she's doing the buttons this year. I, I got a button. And the, what I said to her, you only get a couple of minutes with your mom in those instances. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to be one of your directors. That's awesome. I didn't Wait, know so what that meant. That's confidence bordering on arrogance. <laughs> you know? And I was like, ooh. And so I came home. And I, honestly, I believed women like me could not excel in Mary Kay. Who are women like you? Um, not Barbie dolls. Okay. So I didn't have, I, beauty was not my obsession. Mm -hmm. um, but skin health and women's confidence and just supporting other women became my obsession. And so um, I left seminar in July and Heather gives me, it was like September and Heather, my senior director calls me and she says, Brenda, you're about to go on target for your car. And I wasn't even trying. That's so that's like the fourth time we've heard that. People like, hey, you're about to get a car. You're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, imagine if I tried. And I said, no, women like me don't earn cars. I don't think Mary Kay wants to see me. Not according to the people of Luther, Oklahoma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I um, went on to start that. And then um, we were in the process of moving because Mary Kay afforded us an opportunity to, to get a better home. And this is all, I'd only been in Mary Kay less than six months at this point. And we moved into the house and 10 days after moving into the house, I found a lump in my left breast. And um, 
I was at that very first seminar and the words that kept that were spoken from stage were what is your next step so it was you found the lump before or after seminar after okay so you kind of came home on this camp I yeah let's go get it yeah and then we kind of have to hit the brakes yeah and I was so, I, what I heard from stage, I understood that it was going to help me in my Mary Kay life. I didn't understand how it was going to help me in my personal life. We had old flip phones back then, so it's not the smartphones we had now. And so I typed the words, what is your next step? Thinking at the time, what's my next Mary Kay step? Yeah. Not realizing I was going to be saying that to the doctors. Um, I went through a double mastectomy, a year of chemo. I never missed an event. The Mary Kay community supported me wholeheartedly. I went on FMLA during that season, and I got a certified letter from my employer. So I took some time off for my... What's FMLA? So Family Medical Leave Act. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, my job required you, my memory. And during chemo, you have what they call chemo brain or chemo fog. Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember things. So my job required me to be able to recall numbers instantaneously, and I couldn't recall them. So I took a leave of absence, but treatment lasted longer than the leave of absence did. And I got a certified letter from my employer telling me if I did not come back to work at the end of my FMLA, I would be terminated. So you've got two different cultures you're experiencing mm -hmm. here, and one is significantly worse than mm -hmm. the other. Yeah. No support, no, no note of I'm thinking about you. But on the Mary Kay side, my um, mailbox was flooded with cards from women all over the country I'd never met who took the time out of their day to tell me that they thought about me, they cared about me, and they were praying for me. But yet my boss couldn't take two minutes. How did that to get to that. them? Word of mouth in the Mary Kay community, prayer. We have major prayer chains in the Mary Kay world. So anytime something happens to a consultant in my unit, I'm immediately contacting my prayer sisters. Sometimes it, I will keep it private if she's asked me to keep it mm -hmm. private. So I'll just say there's a need. Here's the need. Let's pray. You don't need to know the name. And then other times they want me to share. And so I'll be like, hey, so-and-so's going through um, some situations right now. My, I, I have a prayer team. We have prayed every once a week every morning virtually for four or five years now we don't miss a beat like on the phone or um we get on a um facebook messenger video chat every and day. so uh, well once a week Sorry, once so a week. every any time a prayer request comes in it we post it in there just so it's just us and then once a week we gather and we get on this and we pray why do you believe there's power in prayer oh my faith is amazing my unit's called the queen believers because my faith in my Lord and Savior, nothing's going to tear that apart. Has that always been there? Uh, most of my life, yes. I did not grow up in a Christian home. My mother, my dad died when I was young, and my mother did not come to know Christ till much later in life, but she did allow me to attend through a bus ministry. And so I was introduced to Christ at a very young age. And I just, I think who I am has strong faith, but then watching what Christ did in my life. Well, and I... As a believer myself, this is the most encouraging point of that. I mean, to, to everybody who's sat here, and it's just such a unique group of women that have come, mm -hmm. that are really, that mom has worked with and been teammates with, and it's just, it's encouraging to hear because it's, you don't hear it much anymore, especially on, on social media and stuff, that the, the unapologeticness of that Christianity. And one of the reasons mom wanted to start this is we're going to remember. And I think she, she knew what people that watch this will see in her people, mm -hmm. um, and you especially. So take me back. So we're in our 40s now, right? Mm -hmm. We've got two examples of 
culture. Mm-hmm. You've got one that you, no, no disrespect, you're a nobody at that point. Mm-hmm. And they're just flooding you with care and love. Was it at that moment you were like, forget these people, I'm all mm-hmm. in? I came home, so it's now time for my second seminar. I am on the tail end of treatment, and that was the lowest I'd ever been. I'd gotten depressed. It's like 2010. So now it would be 2012. So we're going into June, July of 2012. I have just finished my chemo, but I have no energy. But are you cancer-free? Like it- um, the doctor, um, you have to go out 10 years. The type of cancer I had is triple negative breast cancer. It's a highly aggressive breast cancer. And so the oncologist would never say I'm cancer-free. I say I'm cancer-free. But when you hit 10 years in remission, he releases you. So I am currently not under the care of an oncologist anymore. Cool. And I just trust in my faith. Um, but um, yeah, so I was going through all that and it was just horrible. And so I, so, okay, leading up to seminar, Heather had reached out to me and asked me if I would go to seminar. This and I was, this is a Heather Daniel Kent. Yes, yeah, so this is my senior director. I'm still a peon of a consultant. Yeah. I'm not a peon, but you know. Um, and she started having this conversation with me. And I said, I'm depressed. Like, this is the only season in my life I, I'm in a really bad place. And your body's probably coming off all these drugs. Oh, yeah. And- I have no energy. I literally couldn't walk from the bedroom to the living room without needing a nap. And I said, Heather, I just don't know how I'm going to down- navigate downtown Dallas. It's a million degrees. I don't have the energy. Yeah. And she said something that was very profound to me. And of course, your mom had been praying for me and encouraged me. But what Heather said to me was, do you? And by this point, God had really just opened my eyes to some things. I didn't realize at the time Mary Kay was going to be the path. But he just let me know he's not done with me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand what purpose. I'm not a director, so I haven't caught that vision yet. Yeah. But I just know I like the culture of Mary Kay. You're kind of floundering a little bit. Yes. So Heather said, if you believe that this is God's will for your life, then don't you believe God's going to supply everything that you need? Mm. Now, Heather doesn't remember saying that. Those words hit me to my core because I'm like, you're right. I've questioned God and mm. I, that wasn't my place to do. And so I entered in an agreement with Heather. I said, I'll register right now. But if I'm not feeling well by the time we leave, because we register about a month in advance. I right. said, if I'm not feeling well enough when it's time to leave, then I'm not going to go. And she said, fair enough. Literally three days before I left, my energy came back. There was that's a awesome. pep in my step. And I went. And while I was there, that's when I understood the importance of taking my walk to the next level and the influence that comes along with directorship. And I made the decision while I was there that I didn't know what directorship was, but that's what I wanted to do. And I had very important dates coming up. So September is when I was diagnosed. And it was very important to me to replace a Christ-centered thing with something Satan tried to take from me. So in September, I'm diagnosed. A year later in September, I'm submitting for directorship and I'm on target for DIQ. That's awesome. October of 2011, I've had a double mastectomy. October of 2012, I'm staying on target. November of 2011, I started chemo and lost my hair. November of 2012, we finished becoming a director, a unit and earning our car. And so it was really important for me to take those dates that Satan tried to tarnish and a year later, put a Christ victory on top of them. Oh, that's well, it's interesting. I, that hits really close to home for me today because we're, we go to Redeemer in Lubbock and our pastor Dusty was talking about fear and how we don't trust God. Because I mean, I, as an entrepreneur myself, I've 
dealt with that for years, and it's just said we're essentially acting atheist. Mm-hmm. We say we're Christians, we say we believe, but what Heather put in your place was, do you really believe it, mm-hmm. or is it? And, it, and that's a because we can all answer that with our heads, but in our hearts is God, are you enough, no matter the outcome? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's obvious that you kind of, yeah, I believe that. Not only do I believe it, I'm going to put dates on it, and I'm going to prove that mm-hmm. that God's working this deal. Okay, but before, well, you said all this stuff about. You really don't know what you're doing here. You don't know what your journey. I mean, we're we're. What is it now, looking back, that you just love about this place? It has. It's sometimes it's hard for me to properly articulate because who I am to my core has never changed. Mm-hmm. Who the Brenda is deep inside me that Christ has always been with me. I'm a child on the inside. My husband, you know, loves my childlike nature. I'm funny. I care deeply for people. That never changed. Mm-hmm. What changed was the Brenda the rest of the world got to see. Right. I developed confidence. I'll never forget when I finally finished directorship, I called Heather Balling and I said, when's the confidence going to come? I've got the title. That's powerful. When's the confidence going to come? Because I don't feel I'm worthy of it. Do you think we all deal with that? Yeah, I think so. And what she helped me to see is you just got to keep doing it. You don't stop. You're not done. The journey is the process of growing. And so all of a sudden, I walked a little bit taller. My clothing has changed. Not, I mean, I'm still true to who I am. I'm a modest person. But I like to, I love... I love having lights. Your mom does not like it. Well, having lights? I love lights. I have jewelry that lights up. I take shoes to her house that light up. I'm like, Jan, when I walk across stage, I'm going to be, I want to be known as the director that lights up the room. Hey. She's like, no, you're not. Yeah, okay. I am. So last year I had like light up earrings and my light up shoes um, got short in them. So I'm working on, I'm working on that. Well, yeah, make sure you get those fixed yeah. before the time. <laughs> <laughs> but so what gets you out of bed now? Because, I mean, uh, you told me a minute ago, you actually have, a, you're kind of a podcast. Mm-hmm. You have your own. I mean, is it, what is it that drives you when it's come to the day-to-day now? Because you've kind of accomplished a lot of stuff you want to accomplish. And I know you're not done. But how is it that? I'm always wanting to be the, a better version of Brenda every day. So I'm, a, I'm very competitive, but I'm very competitive with myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there are days when we don't hit that and that's okay. But I always want to be better, grow more, and um, influence is a huge deal for me. So just increasing my circle of influence for the kingdom of Christ. Not for Brenda. When I'm increasing my circle of influence, it's not, oh, even though I like the light up and all that, it's really not to draw attention to me. It's so that through me, he can shine right. and people see him. So the more people, because the more people you know, the more opportunity. Is that the point of the podcast mm-hmm. to kind of share those stories because mm-hmm. you obviously have a story that's that's worth listening to and have mm-hmm. learned stuff along the way and me and my best friend we've been best friends for 40 years 40 plus years we met in middle school i think we're two different people and you call her your sister yes so our our podcast is um conversations between sisters so we're sisters by choice not by birth and she has certain philosophies i have certain philosophies but our relationship is such that we can agree to disagree but for the core things we're we're on it she's really big into health i actually was not one i would not try new things I, you're, i'm not the person you're going to call if you want to know what the latest restaurant is that's heidi yeah <laughs> and heidi will take me and i love it but then if you ask me what restaurant to go to, I'm going to take you back to the same places yeah. I've been to that I know I like. Charlotte's that for me also. She likes tries to push me to try things. And that's helped. Um, and Mary Kay, we're always stretching. 
to be the next best version. And you'll never find that person in your comfort zone. And uh, I, who was it? I don't remember who it was, but someone said um, that they're always chasing their, their, their next goal. They're always chasing who they're going to be in five years and mm -hmm. 10 years. And so I'm not done. Um, I won't be going for national. And part of that is my age because I don't want to be done in a few years. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do this. I'm going to be one of those. I might be in a Mary Kay event. <laughs> And yeah. they're going to go, Brenda didn't wake up today. <laughs> and just know Brenda, you know, she was doing her passion. Just my leave a note in your purse. family yeah. and, and my Mary Kay business. Yeah. Ever since the moment where you said where you were down, I mean, has it been all rainbows since? Oh, Lord, no. Lord, no, no, no. How do you deal with, how do you deal with the moments where you're like, I don't know? You have to learn to reach up. You're out, so I'll never forget. It's been probably seven, eight years ago. Um, I was ready. I was done. I wasn't having fun anymore. It was hard. Okay. Zero I wasn't fun. having fun because I wasn't working. I was, what do you mean? I wasn't doing the work I needed to do to maintain a business. You can't run a business and then sit back and let the, the business doesn't run itself. So I had gotten lazy mm -hmm. and it wasn't fun. Um, because I wasn't doing what I needed to. So I call your mother up and, um, this would have been a September. Did she I, answer? She answered. She's always very good. Well, first off, I don't call her unless it's important. So when she sees me calling, Is that true? <laughs> when she sees me calling, she knows it's important. I didn't realize she'd snuck back in. Um, but if she doesn't answer she's got right away, she, she's listening now. <laughs> if she doesn't answer right away, she's really good to call me back. But she answered right away. And I said, Jan, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. I'm going to step down. And you're, she said to me, Brenda, you're not going to like the life that, that is now going to be available for you. By this season, I'm homeschooling my children. And Mary Kay gave me the flexibility to put my family first, homeschool my kids, and get the job done. Because you would have had to go back to I, corporate. Yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking about that at the time. Yeah. So I tell you, I call your mom up. No, I'm done. I'm done. I, for three days, I sat around watching TV. I don't do that. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I went. I looked at my husband. I said, oh, we're going to have to go get me a car because I have to turn this car in. He's like, it's not in the budget. I said, no, you're not listening to me. <laughs> I need a car. Mary Kay is going to want this car back. They're not going to let you keep it if you quit. So I need a car. He says, no, I heard you loud and clear. It yeah. is no longer in the budget. It's probably the best thing he did for me because it made me take ownership. Pushed a little bit. And then I went, I can't homeschool my kids. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go get a job. Oh, okay, if I'm going to homeschool my kids, I'm going to have to go back to work at night. I called your mom back up about a week later. You're right. The grass isn't greener on the other side. Um, and I, I was like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm giving you my word. I'm going to give it my all. The end of the month came and I didn't achieve what I needed to achieve to stay a director, but I lined my books up. I had 10 appointments. So before I would go to your mom and say, I need help, I said, okay, before I ask for your help, this is what I've done for myself. I have 10 appointments on my books. I've got all this lined up. I'm committed. And I give you my word. And so she called and made a special phone call for me. And they gave me a special exception. And that was what they say was history. I went on to earn my second car within six months and my third car three months after that. And we just kept going up. And two years ago, we earned our very first pink Cadillac. So you just, you just had to grow. You need a little kick in the pants from your mm -hmm. husband and a little reality check from mom. Yeah. And, and you she, just, you kind of just matured in that moment. Yeah. She supported me, but didn't allow me to live in my excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to realize doing this is her superpower may be that she just is available. Yeah. 
And she talks and she tells mm -hmm. you the truth, but not one person has said, I can't get hold of her. I don't know where she is or what she's mm -hmm. doing. I mean, she's around and she makes mm -hmm. time. And you never, and I know this as her son, but you never feel like she's too busy for you. No. And if she is on a time limit, she'll say, for instance, I had to call her quite a bit leading up to this event. And she's like, I have 10 minutes. I'm getting ready to walk in, but if we're not finished, I'm going to call you back. Yeah. And she did. She called me back. We got what I got my little spiel out. And then she said, okay. And she texted me while she was doing her thing. And then after the event was over, she called me back and we finished the conversation and she's walked me through. She's helped me with some difficult things that, you know, I've learned. I, um, I used to always want to be a people pleaser and Gosh, I'm an enabler, um, or I was. And so I automatically, you have a problem it's now my problem and I have to solve it. It was Can you not, rub some of that off on me how to figure that out? Okay, so my pastor said something profound. Your mom always says something profound. But my pastor said something profound to me. My husband and I have also started teaching um, adult Sunday school class and my husband's a deacon. And every time a couple would come to us with a problem, I would immediately take it on and then I would be burdened because I couldn't solve it and they weren't the least bit stressed that they couldn't solve it. And finally my pastor said to me, God doesn't always intend for you to solve everybody's problems. Mm. If it's not a problem God wants you to solve, when you try to solve it, you're robbing someone else of the, uh, the action that God needs them to do. And so then I would just go, okay, God really doesn't need me to do this. He's got it and he's waiting for you to act. So I'm going to give you the resources, but I'm going to step back. And if you don't do it, I'm, I'm so sorry. But it wasn't my fault. Well, uh, you know, I'm the... I'm the audience for that answer. I, you know, people pleasing is in my core, and it's it's. I hear that because it's um, it's hard because you and you sometimes you feel as a Christian like that's what we're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. And yet then we put ourselves in charge, and that's mm -hmm. obviously not the answer. But as we wrap this up, I've got two more things. Just briefly, somebody's listening to this. That's is a director. And they're going to quit, or they're just frustrated. Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? Don't don't quit. You heard it here. Don't don't quit. Um, there's a reason why you're in this season. Most likely, every time I found myself in that season, I can point it back to me. I didn't do the activity. You know, we can't expect a business to run if the CEO of the company isn't showing up to work. Mm -hmm. If the CEO of the company isn't going out and getting the clients that it needs until it's, you know, on it, you know, growing on its own. And so it's almost always back to us. It may be a head game. There have been several times I got in my head and I allowed some negative thoughts to make me question. But at the end of the day, my faith in Christ and my belief in this organization is solid. And so I just know if I'm doing God's will and I'm being obedient, everything else is his. If I don't hit the goal, as long as I gave it my all, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Well, I can hear in your tone that you've had to walk through that and that you believe it mm -hmm. because you didn't at one point. Mm -hmm. And you've really seen that fold. And obviously surviving breast cancer and all that. And I just thank you so much for sharing it and taking the time to share it with us. And But as we wrap these up, we always, I always ask, what do you want to tell mom? As she kind of wraps up her final seminar. Mm. It's always, there's been several, a few where she isn't in the room, and it's different when she is in the room. Well, I'm known hear? as the crier, and okay, the, you, so Brenda just immediately starts crying. I'm pretty sure every person has cried, so don't worry about that. Well, I'm the first in the room to cry. I'm, the, I'm still crying when everybody else has stopped, but, um, you know, Heather shared with us what, he, what she had shared with her, that we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay because of the legacy that you've created. And yes, there's a season. I'm at this point, my mom is about to pass. 
And I'm at this point where I'm realizing there's this, I mean, she had 10, there were 10 of them, and there's only four left. And there's this generation of time that's going, but she's entering into a new season and a new generation. She's not done by any means, but she's going to take all of this that she's done and she's going to go out and spread it outside the Mary Kay world. And we're going to continue to carry on the legacy and we're going to make sure that Mary Kay is going to be okay. Well, that's awesome. And I know that she, she is knows beyond a shadow of doubt that it's in good hands and that mm -hmm. she's excited I know to watch and help and whatever that she's going to do but thank you again so much for taking the time and being vulnerable and just sharing your knowledge thank you thank y'all we'll be back